I wonder, John, if the average Viking fan sat around watching football this weekend and by Sunday night was saying, uh-oh, <laughs> the, the division ain't just sitting there waiting to be won anymore. It's going to be a tough road. Yeah, I, I think that has to be it, right? I mean, you know, I, I understand um, the injuries that the Vikings suffered and and you want to have some optimism about where the team is if you get Kirk Cousins back, if you if this happens, if that happens, and you have the talent to to do it. But, man, Detroit winning, um, Green Bay just absolutely pounding Dallas. Um, that really does put in stark relief where this division is right now and the hill that, or if you want even want to call it the mountain that the Vikings have to climb to get back into this thing. No doubt about it. Hey, this is the Viking update show. We will talk about Vikings issues. We will talk about the division and the NFL playoffs. He's John Krasinski from the athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the star tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer as he has been for so many years. Uh, this is part of TalkNorth.com. If you like this show or any show at TalkNorth.com, please subscribe to it at your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We do appreciate you listening. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services, Twill in the Dining Galleria, TSR Injury Law, and Tuttles, who, uh, who, sp- who sponsors and hosts so many of our live shows. And we do appreciate all you listeners. Uh, thanks for staying with us. Thanks for helping us build up TalkNorth.com as we have been doing for so long now. So, I mean, I I guess I'm not supposed to be surprised that the Cowboys spit the bit and got destroyed at home. But I, I got to have to admit it, I am surprised. I just didn't see this Packers team, this nine-win Packers team, with one of the youngest rosters in, in the league and one of the youngest skill position sets in NFL history, going in there and just waxing the Cowboys like that. Uh, I guess I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. And I will say, Jordan Love looked great. Uh, he, he, I mean, he threw on time. He handled the pressure. He threw off schedule well. He, he bought himself time to create pl- big plays downfield. Uh, I thought he was brilliant. And frankly, I think he's better right now than Aaron Rodgers was last year. Definitely better than Aaron was last year, for sure. Um, I honestly thought, Jim, in, in a couple of the throws that he made, um, that it was Aaron Rodgers-like from his prime, you know, in terms of off the back foot, just zipping it down the field, um, kind of kind of throws. Like, it was, it was really impressive when you just – you look at his arm talent, you look at his ability to throw on the run, to throw under pressure – Uh, He put all of that on display against the Cowboys. And, you know, when you look at what Aaron Rodgers has been through the last couple of years, I mean, last year, yeah, he wasn't very good from a performance standpoint, at least certainly up to his standards. But then also he's, you know, injury prone at this at this late stage of his career. Um, Jordan Love has just gotten better and better and better as the season has gone on. I still remember you and I talking uh, after the Vikings beat them at Lambeau and love did not look good. And you're wondering, is this really the guy? Well, he's put those questions to rest with the throws that he's making with the poise that he's playing with. Uh, and yeah, I would rather have him right now than I, than, than Aaron Rodgers 10 out of 10 times. Yes. And, uh, and the young receivers came through young tight ends look good. Uh, and, of course, there's, there is one veteran who makes a big difference for that team. I mean, it's all about the young talent. But when Aaron Jones is healthy and at his best, 
that offense opens up uh, because they can use them so many. He gets them so many easy yards. They can just turn it, hand it to him. They can pitch to him. They can throw it to him in the short passing game, and he gets them first downs and he moves the sticks. And But it, it feels like it, he shouldn't have been that effective against this Cowboys defense. Cowboys defense has superior athletes. They have Micah Parsons. Uh, they destroy people at home. They have a great pass rush. And Aaron Jones went right through them. I think I, I give Aaron Jones credit for that. I give uh, LaFleur and the blocking scheme and everything they did offensively, give them credit. But it's also an indictment of that Dallas defense. They let an old running back just destroy them. like A hundred percent. And it's an indictment. And I don't know like how to explain it other than it's hard to dispute that there just seems to be something within the DNA of the Cowboys that brings about these types of performances in these types of games. And, you know, I know it's different teams and different rosters from year to year and different coaching staffs and all of that. But um, this happens all of the time to the Dallas Cowboys because there are so many years that they have had a surplus of talent on their rosters and they get a lot of the hype and a lot of the attention. And then when the bright lights turn on, they flop in a big way. And I do think that that performance on Sunday was more of a choke job than a situation where the Green Bay was just the better team. I still, Jim, don't think Green Bay is particularly talented. I mean, especially defensively. Uh, you have Jordan Love, obviously. But, um, but you know, Aaron Jones is a good back. He's, he, he is good. But he's not you know, the kind of player that should absolutely shred a playoff defense on the road like he did. Um, Some of the receivers shouldn't be getting as wide open as they got. I mean, the throw that Love made in the fourth quarter, right, where um, I can't remember who it was, but he was – there was nobody within 30 yards of that receiver. Like, that never happens in the playoffs, and that can only happen when you're making mental errors and when – you know, kind of the pressure of the moment gets to you. And it happened way back in 2009 when the Cowboys came into the Metrodome to face the Vikings and Favre. And everyone was saying how, oh, these these Cowboys are so talented and they're going to come in and watch out for them. And they got run out of the building. And that's it just happens all the time to these guys. They're not they they don't have whatever the gene is that allows you to rise to the occasion in big moments, they don't have it. And um, they certainly didn't have it on Sunday against the Packers. Listen, I covered the Cowboys. I was around them for a few years. I covered them one year as a beat writer in Dallas. I covered them the year that Jerry Jones took over. And Jerry Jones, he, the best thing he ever did was hire Jimmy Johnson to be his first head coach. Jimmy ran that organization drafted Troy Aikman, drafted Emmett Smith, built a champ, a championship team. And really, you know, Jerry blew it up so he would get more credit. And, and, you know, it's, he, that worked for one year when Jimmy's team was still in place and Barry Switzer was able to win a, a Super Bowl with it. And he hasn't won a Super Bowl since, despite, you know, making an incredible amount of money. Uh, he's Jerry Jones is a very good marketer. He's obviously a very good business person. But I think when your owner wants it to be all about him, there's it's hard to run a real organization. And it, it might sound weird. It might sound esoteric. But there's something to that, I think. I mean, why have coach after coach, 
star player after star player, star team after star team failed miserably in big moments. I just think when when your owner wants all the credit, he wants to be the alpha male, he wants to get all the attention. I just don't think you're going to function like a championship organization. I, I I don't think I don't see how you can dispute that, Jim. Um, you know, we have seen them change coaches, we have seen them change quarterbacks, we have seen them change uh, all sorts of ev- every manner of position in that franchise besides owner GM. And it is different in Dallas because, you know, you can't fire the owner. We said that you can fire the GM, but you can't fire the GM in Dallas because the GM is the owner. And, and so there would have been, you know, uh, several times over the last couple of decades where the Cowboys fired their GM, if they had the same performance and if it was Rick Spielman in that job, if it was whoever you want to pick in that job, um, that would have been the case. But there has been one constant with the Dallas Cowboys, and that's Jerry Jones. And if you want to include Stephen Jones' son in that as well. Um, and so I don't see how it changes for the Cowboys until Jerry finds some humility, which is unfathomable to even consider at this point and says, look, I'm not doing the job the way that it needs to be done. We need to get someone in here that has total control of the football operations and can does can do what he or she pleases and, um, and just makes, you know, makes it happen. And, and that's, that's gotta be the departure because they've tried literally everything else. Maybe McCarthy gets fired um for for this loss and if he does he does but that's not going to address the main problem that is in that building right now and i don't know if jerry jones has it in him to address it uh, i i know he doesn't because he is <laughs> yeah. an egomaniac he loves it he loves it. i mean he goes down and the entire i mean you have 15 pro bowlers you have superstars you have a head coach has won a Super Bowl. You have a defensive coordinator who almost won a Super Bowl. And Jerry Jones goes down there and stands there and has the entire Dallas media. And they're covered yep. even to a crazier extent than the Vikings are in Minnesota. You got 100 media people who will have to stand around the owner and listen to everything he says before you can go talk to Dak Prescott or the coach. I mean, he he. it's not just that it's all about him. It's that he – enforces it being all about him he insists on it being all about him yep yeah and and like as a media member i would love to have that kind of access to the owner and the general manager every single day like it's like that's great like then i know exactly what what they're thinking it's very transparent like for me and my job that's great for the health of the team that's bad it's a bad idea to be to have your GM out there every single game giving interviews and state of the team addresses because that only amplifies every single game and every single moment and turns it into an event even more than it already is in the NFL. And so uh, it is not a good atmosphere for the team to operate in when you have plain, plain talk and Jerry Jones uh, just holding court outside the locker room, you know, after so many games and there it's, it's very difficult for the coach to 
have control of the messaging when the boss is absolutely just letting it fly uh at, you know every game and it, there just is a lack of control and decorum with that team that i think only contributes to the breathless coverage of it and that's um you know that's that's just counterproductive for the way that most teams operate i mean in general in the nfl you hear from the gm maybe at the beginning of the season uh, perhaps at a bye week and then at the end of the season. And otherwise, you know, it's it's just let the coaches and the players speak for themselves and go about it that way. And and in Dallas, it's the exact opposite. No doubt. All right, let's get to the Vikings, the Lions, and the Bears. We do want to let you know that we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios, and we want you to know more about Aquarius Home Services. Scott for Aquarius, wishing you a happy new year. And happy, how can we be only halfway through winter? Want some good news? Now is the time to replace your old furnace and AC with a new high-efficiency whole home heating and cooling system. Because at Aquarius, you can install it now and not pay a penny until next year. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com and schedule your free estimate today. Financing offers subject to available credit. Aquarius earning the right to be recommended. I also want to tell you about my friend Scott Dayton, Twill by Scott Dayton in the Edina Galleria. Not a chain, uh, not a discount store. It is a beautiful men's clothing store. Perfect place to buy a gift uh, for yourself or the man in your life. It is a, a gorgeous shop. This time of the year, they have just beautiful winter clothing. Stuff that'll make you warm, but also you'll look good and you'll look sleek. You will not look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man just to stay warm. They will keep you warm while looking stylish. They have great things you can wear in layers. Uh, flannel, but it's nice flannel. It's, it's the kind of flannel that actually doesn't look like you're a lumberjack. It looks like you were wearing a dress shirt that just happens to be made of warm fabric. They, Of course, you can start buying your golf stuff now. Uh, I highly recommend Johnny O. Uh, but let me, let me just kind of Put it in Scott's own words. Twill is a nationally recognized boutique retailer located in Edina's premier Galleria shopping center. Uh, offering a wide array of high-quality garments, Twill can dress you for every occasion from the boardroom on Monday morning to the hockey rink and youth soccer field on the weekends. We look forward to seeing you in the shop soon. They mean it. They're, they're friendly. They'll have the game on. They love talking sports. Uh, they're veterans. They know what they're doing. Check out Twill in the Edina Galleria. Also, Remember this number, 612-TSR-TIME. That is TSR Injury Law. You know the drill. If you're injured, you're going to need really good representation. TSR won't charge you unless they win your case, and they win lots of cases. That's why they're such a great Minnesota success story. 612-TSR-TIME. also want to let you know that uh, we appreciate Tuttle's uh, sponsoring and hosting so many of our live shows. Here's more on Tuttle's. Tuttle's is your Vikings headquarters for the best football party. They have great game day specials on Miller Lite and Coors Light Tap Beer. Tall stadium cups for just 5 bucks, plus $5 food specials, including brats, hot dogs, jumbo sloppy joes, and pulled pork sandwiches. If pizza's your thing, get 5 bucks off any large pizza. Tuttle's has cool game day giveaways, too, including a free number board with your chance to win a $100 gift card. Take in all the Viking game food, fun, and festivities at Tuttle's. Tuttle's Bar and Grill in Hopkins. Go Vikes! So I have relatives in Detroit. I've been traveling to Detroit to cover sporting events since 1989. 
the, we all know the deal. The downtown Detroit took a beating and was a difficult place to visit or even look at for a long period of time. Detroit has made made it back. Uh, it's a, become a beautiful downtown. The Lions being good is part of that. Uh, the the t- Tigers at least playing downtown and giving people a reason to go downtown is part of that too. But like the Rensen is now a much better place than it used to be. You can walk around downtown. Greek town is much better. Uh, it's become a, a great story. And the Lions becoming good has dovetailed with it. I'm happy for my relatives. I'm happy for people who live in Michigan. I'm also happy for the Lions. I think they've done this the right way. They were patient with Dan Campbell. I I question whether Dan Campbell was a good football coach, whether he's the right guy. He obviously is. To me, this is one of the best stories in the NFL is the Lions winning a playoff game finally, first time since 1991. Yeah, it was was awesome, Jim. I mean, you look at – you know, they panned to the crowd and, how you know, there were people just openly crying in the crowd. And that's how emotional it was for them. And, boy, it, it, it's just so cool to see because, yes, those those citizens of Detroit and of Michigan air, you know, have been through so much adversity with their team, with the Lions over the years and years, but also economically, financially, all of those things um, that those people have gone through. Uh, they've been through the ringer and uh, to be rewarded for it. It's, it's a heartwarming tale. And I do think that, you know, kind of getting back to where we started this, this podcast with the Vikings and where they stand in this division, you look at the way that the lions are built now. um, And with the leadership at the top with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, who it's does a great job drafting, signing guys like they this seems like not one of those you know one and done type of runs for Detroit this seems like the beginning of something for the Lions uh in terms of longevity and being successful this is a an organization now that I think has to be reckoned with and I for one am all for it because I love to see long-suffering fan bases get a reason to uh, validate all of the time and effort and energy that they put into these terrible teams over and over. I'd say same thing with the Timberwolves. Like I just feel like Timberwolves fans, Lions fans, teams like fans of fan bases of teams that have long struggled deserve it as much as anyone to see their team succeed and, um, and will appreciate it. I think even more when that does happen. So I am, absolutely a lions fan for the rest of these playoffs i hope they win the whole thing um because it's it's because the detroit area deserves it but also they've just done it the right way they've done it smartly they are building the right way they're not sacrificing things and taking shortcuts they're they it's a it's a really cool story for them and also a concerning one for the vikings because uh, the Lions are not going to go away. They are not going to be the same team that for ever and ever the Vikings could count on two wins against the Lions every single year. That's that; Those days are gone. And so that should put even more pressure on Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, on Kevin O'Connell, on everyone to get the Vikings ship righted here because it's not going to be a cakewalk anymore over those guys. Their offense is really set. Uh, yeah. St. Brown is a great number one receiver. They have good complementary receivers. They have an excellent young tight end. They have 
a great one-two punch in the backfield. Goff is good enough. Uh, the offensive line's good enough. They have a you know a pass rusher in Hutchinson. They have good linebackers. They you know they they have the gift of really knowing they need to improve one area of their their team, and that is uh, their secondary and their pass coverage. If they can improve that area, they're going to be formidable uh, from top to bottom. They are going to be a real challenge. Um, and let's move on to the other, since we're t- going through the NFC North here, let's go to the other team. I will l- just kind of reset the conversation about Justin Fields, about where the Bears are. They're keeping Eberflus, obviously, and they're, and they're keeping their general manager. I, I know I vacillated on Justin Fields last, really last two years. Because every time I was ready to write him off, he'd have a big game or make a great, an unbelievable play. I think with with postseason comes clarity. I think they're going to trade Justin Fields. I think they're going to take Caleb Williams, and I think they're going to try to reset everything. And I think that's probably the right move because while I think Justin Fields has talent, I don't think he did enough to prove himself in the first two years, even if it's not all his fault. And it's not all his fault. Yeah, even I think I. Even though I have doubts, I have right. at least some nagging doubts about Caleb Williams, whether he's really going to be the next Peyton Manning or something. If internally they believe Caleb Williams is going to be a 1A quarterback, they really have no choice but to give it a, take that shot. Yeah, I, I agree, Jim. Um, you know, I think that w- sometimes when teams get into trouble is when they have several years of data to analyze, but maybe the last couple of games – of a season it goes well and Justin Fields played well down the stretch for the Chicago Bears and so you the hard thing to do is to say you know it, does this change the way that we evaluate this position because he's a light bulb has come on or are we just looking at a stretch of good games that he played and and so I do think that the right thing to do is to draft a quarterback um but I you I could see a scenario. Why, why don't you keep Fields, draft them both, and just see what you get, um, and 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 have a competition and leave it open. That's that's a possibility. Unless you can really get a good return for Fields via trade, and you do it right away, that'd be fine. The, to me, the bigger concern is that I don't know that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are the right combination to be leading the front office and the coaching staff. Like I think that's the real risk in terms of their decision-making going forward is that um, it appears that the way that the bears finished the season, that they have decided, okay, these guys are figuring things out and would they deserve one more season to prove themselves that they're right for this job. And to yet all, through all the evidence so far um, through their first, uh, I don't know, whatever, two plus years of, on the job, it, it it looks more like they're not the guys. And so if you're trying to build a, you know, uh, if you're trying to draft a quarterback, if you're trying to rebuild a roster, are these the guys that you want doing it? And I think that's, I think that's to me the bigger question because Justin Fields, at least we know can be good. We know that he's not a disaster. We know that he has the potential to be a good player in the league. Can he be great? Can he be elite? I don't know about that, but he can be a good player. I don't know that Ryan Poles can be a good GM or that Matt Eberflus can be a good head coach. No, uh, well said. Now, do you feel any differently about the Vikings predicament today than you did 48 hours ago? 
Well, here's what I would say. I do slight, slightly. I don't want to be too reactionary with the way that the playoffs went. But um, when you look at where Detroit is, and then you look at Green Bay, what I, I still, like I said before, I'm not super convinced that they're actually a really good team. I think they have a lot of holes defensively. I'm not sold on their receivers. But what we found out again and again is that if you have your quarterback in place, it makes building around him so much easier. It's so much easier for the Packers to go out this offseason in the draft and free agency, find more weapons for him offensively, boost up the offensive line, you know, bolster their defense. Those are those are things you can find. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, you are in a real tough spot. The Packers have their franchise quarterback. I think the Lions do. Jared Goff has been a good player for them, but mostly I just really believe and trust in that organization and how you build it. The the Vikings, um, they have a lot to prove this offseason. They just do. Um, from Kwesi to Kevin O'Connell to everyone there. And they have a lot to prove from a team building standpoint, and they have a lot of holes to fill at very important positions. And so I do feel a little less um confident that everything is going to work out and they're going to get back to competitiveness next season um as you know quickly as as I kind of figured they could. They they're just there's so much to do and they have so and then now the competition looks so much better in the north that um I think this could be a, a multi-year thing and that's going to bring about real questions about the leadership of this franchise and existential questions that that the top two teams in this division are not facing. One more note. This has Vikings ramifications or connections at least. Uh, I appreciate the NFL after years of being horrible about player safety, lying to players about concussions, uh, trying to avoid conversations about concussions. Uh, it has become a better league for player health in general, uh, coming from uh, absolute, absolute zero, at least moving the needle upward a little bit. Now they need to address knee shots. Uh, Higby, complete dirty shot, helpless player, turning, gets his knee taken out. Same thing happened to Hawkinson. Uh, they need to outlaw the knee shot just as they have outlawed the head shot. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I do think that the, like the head shot, the knee shot should be one that is not easy, but is kind of straightforward to address. Um, when you look at kind of players diving at knees the way that they do, uh, that that has been an issue that we have known has been a problem forever and ever, even, even before concussions really came to light of like how damaging that they are. Everyone knew that. You know the chop blocks, the the diving at knees, and things can really end careers or change them in a in a dramatic fashion. And so, um, any steps that the league can take to reduce those hits and take those out of the game, I'm all for. Like I I, de I generally want to be pragmatic and patient with the game in terms of like you know not making it in just impossible for a defensive player to play in this league. But that is one of those things that can be catastrophic and that should be 
more avoidable in general from play to play than some of the other hits that you just kind of say, well, hey, this is a this is a, a physical game. People are going to get hurt. But that's one that I think can be addressed in a meaningful way that would certainly help the longevity of players and uh, in this league. Yes, because we don't want to watch a bunch of backups playing football. We want to watch the good players. We want to watch the great players. We want to watch the name players. You have to protect them. Uh, that should be an easy thing. All right, let's get a final thought from John here. Once again, thanks for listening to the Viking Update show. You might also be interested in Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Uh, we're going to be getting deep into salary cap stuff, how you can keep the Vikings together, who might have to go to make it possible. Jeff's great on all that stuff, as well as just wisdom from having been Vikings general manager. Uh, check, also check out Don of Sports, Don Mitchell's show. We've had all kinds of different guests, including some Vikings guests. It's been a blast to do that show with her. All right, John, final thought on anything you like. One thing I, I just laughed at um, on Twitter yesterday, uh, there, you know, they, they, they delayed the, the Buffalo playoff game, right? Because mm -hmm. of weather. And some chucklehead um, looking for engagement said, you know, tweeted like, they don't, they didn't delay the, they didn't delay D day because of <laughs> weather. And so we can't, we, so we can't, um, you know, delay, we shouldn't have to delay an NFL game for crying out loud because of weather. And then there was one of those community notes yes. on the tweet that said, they actually, D-Day D -Day was delayed one yes. day because of the weather. Yes. And, like that's, you know, the social media is like, it, it's a cesspool and, and, and there are so many reasons to stay so far away from it. But that is like example number one of why I can't quit this thing, man. It is, it was so good. That's so perfect. Yes, they did delay D-Day <laughs> because they had, you had to have decent weather when you're sending a bunch of ships across the English Channel. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, okay. We'll score one for social media. Uh, good, good, good way to wrap up this show. Thank you, John. Again, check out John Krasinski's show on the Timberwolves. Check out Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. We'll be back here on the Viking Update show next week to talk more about the NFL playoffs and the Vikings moves.